This Bible study resource is brought to you by Preacher Man Milo, a nonprofit corporation designed for the preaching and teaching of God's holy word. It's Bible study time here at the Preacher Man Milo podcast. Why should you participate in this pizza party series? Like, why should you subscribe? Why should you listen session after session? Or I guess I should say slice after slice since this is the pizza party series. But why should you participate? I want to give you an answer to that question. I'm going to do that here shortly because I think it's important to share what my thinking is behind why this series was put together and how I'm confident it will help you with your walk with God and your growth with the things of God just by staying focused and participating and listening to this particular series called Pizza Party. But even more than that, there's two things we have to talk about today. This study is going to break down those two things in a way where you understand why it is so significant to understand these two things in this Pizza Party series. Before we do any of that, though, we should pray together. Let's go ahead and do that now. God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you, we thank you for your word, for your will, and for your way, and we just ask that your spirit guide our heads and hearts because our goal is to better understand your words. We can be doers of your word and bring you more glory and honor and praise because you are worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We love you and we thank you. We pray together in that mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. All right, you guys, it's pizza party Bible study time here at the Preacher Man Milo podcast. We focus on God's spirit because God's spirit is holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me ask you a question. When you think about the people you're in relationship with, it could be your mother or father, it could be your children, it could be your partner, your spouse, it could be your pastor or someone from your church. It could be people you meet in the gym or the store or play basketball with, just like people that you're in relationship with. When you show up in their lives, do you think you show up and all they see 
is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Like, is that what you're showing them completely? Because if it is, then you, my friend, are producing perfectly the fruit of the Spirit. But if you're like me and you're not perfect and you have work to do, well, then this series is perfect for you because in this series, we're going to focus on this fruit of the Spirit that we're called to produce because we are children of God. Our God is like no other. When you say our God is like no other, you're saying he's holy and our God is holy, holy, holy. And because of his holy Holy, Holy Spirit, we produce these things that Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in this series, what we're doing is we're using the pizza party as an illustration. So when you think of a pizza pie, like it's a pie chart, right? I want you to think of a pie chart, like a circular chart with 10 different slices and not even a pie chart. Go ahead and think of like a color wheel. Like I'm thinking of Wheel of Fortune. It came to mind. But, you know, like a color wheel, like a circle with 10 different slices. Each slice is a different color. Now, nine of these slices in this series, in this pizza party, represents the nine elements that Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit, slice by slice, right? But there's a tenth slice, and that tenth slice that I call the mystery slice is actually you. And it's not just you, it's me. Because even though you and I, we look different, we talk different, we have different experiences and struggles and gifts, and there's a lot of things that make us different, we share the same Spirit of God, we're connected to the same Holy Spirit, and we're supposed to be producing these nine elements, and so each of us can figure out how to do that. That's why I want you to join me, because we're focusing on something that each of us knows that we have to grow in because of our relationship with God. But not only that, I'm going to look at it in a very unique way, a way that I've never seen anyone look at it, because I want to focus on the why, the where, and the how of the fruit of the Spirit. Let me say it again. The why, the where, and the how of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to join me. That's why I think you should subscribe. That's why I think you should join me on this journey session by session. But what do I mean when I say the why, the where, and the how? Well, first of all, when Apostle Paul talks to the Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, he's talking about the what. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and he lists these nine elements. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is. But I want to also look closer and say, okay, fine, Paul, but why is this the fruit of the Spirit? Like, of course, we can say Apostle Paul is inspired by God, and we trust the scriptures, but is that it? Like, are we able to see why this is the fruit of the Spirit? I believe we can, and I'm going to teach about that slice by slice, starting with love, then joy, then peace, and so forth and so on. But it's not just the why, which I think is significant to understand, like, why is this what we produce? But I want to also focus on the where. Where is this fruit of the Spirit? Because there's a two-part production. First of all, it's produced where? Internally, inside of you, inside of me. God produces this love, this joy, this peace, this patience. We're going to focus on that location, but of course, what goes in also comes out. Remember, we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. What we produce on the inside actually shows up on the outside. So we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit from what's happening inside of us because let's face it, we're supposed to be consumed with God that all we produce 
is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like That's where we want to get to. And so we should focus on that internally. And of course, these are the things that show up. But finally, not just the why, not just the where, but the how of the fruit of the Spirit. Like, how do we know if we're producing these things or not? How do we know that we have it produced inside of us? How do we know that this fruit is something that we're capable of producing? And how can we activate it? How can we say, you know what? I've been a loving person, but I haven't been too faithful or too gentle. Or I've been a gentle person, but I haven't been too patient and I haven't showed too much self-control. How can we look at this pizza as a full wholeness of who we are in God and work on it slice by slice. Well, we're going to do that together in this series, and I want you to join me. But before we can get into the slice by slice analysis of the fruit of the Spirit, there are two things we have to talk about because they are essential to what's going to happen in this series, and not just in this series, in your life as a believer of God. Okay? Welcome to the Preacher Man Milo podcast. I am your host, Preacher Man Milo. This is Bible Study Podcast, episode number 62, but it's Pizza Party Part 2. Today, we're focused on two things, and it starts now. I think it is so unfair that people get jealous of me just because I can do this difficult thing. Like, okay, fine, I can do this difficult thing. Why would you be jealous or make me feel bad because I can do something? Like, I only do this difficult thing for good. I don't do this difficult thing for, like, evil. So why would you be jealous? And why do I have to deal with all of that jealousy. And by the way, let me just say, when the Apostle Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit is, and he lists these nine elements, Apostle Paul does not say that jealousy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So when you're jealous, that doesn't come from Jesus, that doesn't come from God or the Holy Spirit. So I want you to just know that I can do a difficult thing and I'm on your team. You don't have to be jealous. Okay, okay. So what is this difficult thing that I can do that I don't want you to be jealous about? Well, I'll tell you. I actually have the ability to decipher difficult doctor writings, like difficult writings. I'm not talking about, you know, medical doctors, like prescription medicine. Nobody can read that chicken scratch without going to school. I don't know how to read that. I'm talking about like doctors, like PhDs, like dissertation, like these really difficult writings. Like if you're a doctor and you write something that I'm supposed to be like doctor level smart to read it. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I can discern 
I can decode, I can decipher doctor writings, but I can do it for our benefit. We don't have to fight. You don't have to be jealous. Uh, Let me give you an example. There's a famous doctor that you know, and because he's a doctor, you probably can't decipher his writings. Well, I can. Okay. Let me just give you an example. I'm not bragging, but let me show you. The doctor I'm talking about, his name is Dr. Seuss. And again, you might have heard of him, but you might be like, wow, I can't read a doctor's writing, but I can. Like, like for example, Dr. Seuss has this one book called Green Eggs and Ham. Well, he's talking about molded food, right? He's saying like, I don't want no green eggs and ham with like bacteria and mold on it. See, he's not talking about salsa verde, like the green sauce you put on enchiladas. He's talking about someone keeps trying to bring this guy named Sam some green eggs and ham and he don't like it. Like he don't want moldy food. He don't want it on a train. He don't want it on a plane. Like he just don't want it. So he's asserting himself to not take old moldy food, right? But then Dr. Seuss has another book one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. See, this doctor writing, when I decipher this one, this one's about like diversity. Like there's many fish in the sea, but it might be a one fish or a two fish. It might be a red fish or a blue fish. It might be an old fish or a new fish, but it shouldn't be a green fish because if I don't like green eggs and ham, then why would I want a green fish? It's old. Like I want healthy food like Sam I am, right? So that's what the doctor's talking about. The Lorax, I think the Lorax is like an eczema prescription medicine. I haven't looked at that one yet. The Grinch that sold Christmas, the doctor is talking about green and red, the colors of Christmas. The Grinch is green because he's jealous, right? And he's, he's red because he's angry. So here's this jealous, angry person during Christmas with the Christmas colors for the wrong reasons, trying to steal everybody's happiness because he's jealous and angry. So it's like, don't be jealous and angry during Christmas. Uh, The cat in the hat, that one's about anomalies because, you know, cats don't have hats all the time. That's rare. And also like a bow tie or whatever. And then like the um, Horton, there's a who. This is about a flea that has an elephant living on his back. And everybody's like, oh, how could a flea have an elephant on his back? But the point is about individualism. It's like, hey, I don't care if I'm big or small. I'm a human after all. So you see how I could just break down these doctor writings without even having a degree? I don't want you to be jealous. I'm actually using this for good because there's a couple of characters that Dr. Seuss talks about that's important to today's study. And these two characters that Dr. Seuss talks about are called Thing One and Thing Two. And in the world of Dr. Seuss, thing one and thing two look the same on the outside, but they're apparently different because one's thing one and one is thing two. And whenever I think of thing one and thing two, I don't really think about Dr. Seuss. I actually think about what Paul is telling the Galatians in chapter five, because he's teaching them that before you were born again by God, before God made you new, you were like thing one. And everything you produce were acts from your flesh. You were thing one, thing one, thing one. But because God revealed himself to you and made you new, now you're thing two. And thing two no longer produces what thing one would produce. Thing one produces the acts of the flesh, but thing two produces the fruit of the Spirit of God. And we have to understand these two things in a very personal and intimate way today. We're going to do that together right now. 
Let's read Galatians 5, 19 through 25 and focus on this thing one and thing two based on our relationship with the Spirit of God. Let's go there together right now. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I just read for you Galatians 5 verses 19 through 25, and this is where the Apostle Paul is teaching the Galatians about what I call Thing one and thing two, right? I mean, Dr. Seuss has his view of it, but here, this is what I see Paul talking about, and it's so important for us to understand in this pizza party series, and not just this pizza party series, but in our relationship with God and his spirit. Let's just look at this together. First of all, thing one and thing two is the old you versus the new you. The old you has this human nature, this fallen nature, where it's just natural to sin, And Paul says, in your old nature, you produce what he calls the acts of the flesh, which are obvious, and he lists a lot of things here, right? He doesn't list nine. He lists about 15 or 16, I don't know, but several. And then he says, he ends it with saying, and the like, meaning there's the obvious things that we all know we can do. And so he's saying, listen, when you were thing one, before you had a relationship with the Spirit of God, before Jesus Christ, you produced the acts of the flesh. But now you're thing too, because you're a new creation. You've been made new by God. You've been born again. You've been born by the Spirit of God. And so now you're not thing one, you're thing two. And so you don't produce the acts of the flesh, but you produce what? The fruit of the Spirit. So I want you to see thing one and thing two. I want you to see the difference that you have an old nature, but by Christ Jesus, his sacrifice and resurrection and sending us the advocate, the Holy Spirit of God, we now have a new nature and we produce something different. And this is so significant for a couple of reasons. First of all, this might help explain why I took this pizza party approach, because I'm not just saying, hey, I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and what that's all about and why this is the fruit of the Spirit. But instead, I I go through this illustration of a pizza party because I want you to see that there's actually two kinds of pizza parties. In our old nature, on the inside of us, so if you pretend the inside of you is a large pizza with 10 slices, well, you're the mystery slice, right? Because this is you, your personality, your look, your family history, your medical history, like whoever you are, like you, right? But then inside of you, you produce things and you produce them from your flesh, your fallen nature, your human nature. And what was happening inside of you? How did you party when you were thing one in your old nature? Well, You were all about sexual immorality. You were all about impurity and idolatry and witchcraft and jealousy and fits of rage. So 
you say, you know what? It's normal for me to have a temper. It's normal for me to have sex without factoring in what God says about it. It's easy for me to be contaminated from that which is pure. So I do these things. Let's just go over some of these thing one things, right? Okay. Sexual immorality. That means that I have sex and what God says about it doesn't matter. I have sex because of what my flesh says about it, right? I want to do it. Or I think I should do this because it helps me get protection or money, or it helps me satisfy a fantasy. Like whatever your reasons are, it's inconsistent with what God says sex is for, right? Sex is for a man and a woman who are in covenant bond and that's what it is. But no, I don't do it for that reason. Why? Because I'm thing one, right? Oh, I also am impure. It's not hard to see what impure means, right? Like you take a glass of water and a glass of water is pure. I need some water. Sorry for my voice. It's, it's cracking, but water is pure. But if you put some dish detergent in it, it gets contaminated. It's no longer pure, right? Or you put some dirt in it. Like, Inside of us is sexual immorality and impurity and debauchery. Debauchery is like letting our sensual pleasures take over to the max, right? Like we talk about God is black and white, but we do things in the gray area. Well, y'all got 50 shades of gray. Like, do you really need 50 shades of gray? Like, that's a lot of sensual pleasure you guys are talking about. But the point is you push your body, your lifestyle to the max where you're just going overboard in sensual pleasures inside of us, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. And then here, Paul says idolatry and witchcraft, right? Idolatry means I'm worshiping another God. Witchcraft means I'm worshiping other spirits, right? Forget the God who created everything. Forget the Holy Spirit of that God. Inside of me, I glorify other gods, money, sex, whatever, power, and also, you know, I'm praying to the stars or astrology, or I'm in the backyard digging a hole and putting some blood, doing some witch spell, like whatever it is. The point is, it's obvious that you didn't do these things because you became a Christian. Like you didn't have to know Jesus to do witchcraft and idolatry and debauchery and sexual immorality. And let's just read more of these because they're really obvious, right? Like this isn't here to make us feel bad, even though it should calls us to change our mind about some of the things we used to do. And if we're doing these things now to kind of say, wait a minute, that's not who God made me to be, right? But let's see, uh, hatred, right? Just hating, just being angry. Like you don't have to become a Christian or I met Jesus and now I can hate people, right? Like you were able to hate people all on your own. Discord, that means divisions. Jealousy, right? That means that Look at this. He says discord, jealousy, and then later he says dissensions, factions, and envy. Just look at how all these things are connected. Envy is this feeling where I have this like anger that you have something I don't. And so what does envy produce? Jealousy. What does jealousy produce? Hatred. What does hatred produce? Discord, which is divisions. Well, dissensions are disagreements, reasons for discord. So I got to have a dissension to cause discord. And then factions are group of people who dissent. So a faction is a group of disagreeers who disagree and cause discord, probably because of hatred, fits of rage, jealousy, and envy. Like all these things are overlapping, they're interwoven. But Paul's point here, you know, uh, drunkenness, orgies, you know, all these things, these are things you do because you're thing one. These are things you do because you're a human. We've all done something on this list. And 
The struggle is to say, why would I ever do anything on this list at all? Because I know God. Well, that's part of the next thing I want to talk about. But the big picture is Paul is teaching, listen, those of you who live by, those who live like this, those who practice the acts of the flesh, which are obvious, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this word practice is important because practice means I get in the routine of living this way. It's not that I made a mistake and I'm like, I shouldn't do that. Let me turn away from that. Practice means I do it over and over and over. Remember, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, and he teaches about practicing our righteousness. And he talks about practicing our righteousness, not to be seen by men, but to be seen by God, because that's where our real reward comes from, is doing things because we are connected to God, right? And so we're practicing our righteousness because we believe what God, his word, his will his way tells us is right. But on the other hand, if you're practicing not the righteousness of God, but if you're practicing the acts of the flesh, and that's who you are over and over and over, well, thing one does not inherit the kingdom of God. And now we talk about thing two, because listen, you see, see this word, but he says, but the fruit of the spirit, right? In verse 22, the word, but is always going to take the text in the opposite direction. The word of God came to Jonah, but Jonah went the opposite way. God said, go to Nineveh, but Jonah goes to Tarshish. So Jonah goes to Tarshish, but God sends this storm. So whenever the word but shows up, it's going to take the text in the opposite direction. So here he's saying, the acts of the flesh are obvious, and whoever produces these, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. If this is what you're practicing day in, day out, you're cool being a hate-filled person, a jealous person, always being angry having sexual immorality, like if if these kind of things are what you're about, well, these people who practice this won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, but thing two, the new creation who produces the fruit of the spirit, there's no law for that. And these are the people who are what? They've crucified their flesh. Let me just read what he says after the fruit of the spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then he says this in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I just love that because Apostle Paul is so brilliant in his inspiration from the Holy Spirit that right now he's solidifying something he said three chapters earlier. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ... And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is three chapters earlier. Paul is testifying, saying, listen, I die when Christ died. And because I die when Christ died, the life I now live in my body is a faith-driven life. My faith in God's Son who loved me and got crucified for me, and that's what drives me. And Paul testifies, and then he builds his letter, his argument. He teaches these Galatians, and in chapter 5, he's saying, okay, it's not just me, it's us. And he says, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we, Galatians, or we, those listening to me now who believe in Jesus, since we live by the Spirit— let us keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul is teaching, listen, we're thing two now. We're no longer thing one. We produce the fruit of the Spirit. Think about the pizza party that's inside of you. 
the pizza party that sliced up where you're producing as thing one, all these things that are you know in your heart you don't want to produce, but now we're going to have a new pizza party. Now we're going to produce not the acts of the flesh that are obvious, but the fruit of the spirit that happens when you crucify your flesh, you crucify your human desires and passions, and you live because the spirit of God is guiding you to produce something different. So what I want you to have in your brain, if you might try with me, is two pizza parties, both of them with you. Thing one, who you used to be and what kind of stuff you produced. And now thing two, what you're called to produce now because of your new nature. And I want you to see the difference because, my friends, this is what sanctification is all about. You might have heard that word sanctification or the doctrine of sanctification, but really you've been set apart. You're no longer thing one. You're now thing two. And see, sanctification shows us the divine directive and the divine direction of God. Let me say that again. Sanctification shows us the divine directive and the divine direction of God. But what does that mean? The directive is the command of God, and the direction is where we're going to go, right? So God's directive over your life is God declared you holy, holy, holy. You are set apart for his plans and purposes. God has done that. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've become aware that I'm a new person now because of that. And no matter what you say about me, I know I've been set apart for God's purposes. That's his directive. But now the direction is I'm going to start looking more and more like Jesus. And so slowly but surely, the pizza party slices will change. I will let go of sexual immorality and impurity and instead I'll put on love and joy. I'll let go of jealousy and fits of rage, and instead I'll put in me kindness and goodness. So the party that's happening inside of me is not the party of thing one, the act of the flesh, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 16 and 17. He says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, Those who once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We're done with the old. We're here with the new. Okay, old fish, new fish, thing one, thing two. You're no longer thing one. You no longer practice the acts of the flesh. You now produce the fruit of the Spirit. This is what sanctification is. You now say, look, The work of the Holy Spirit is to help me day by day, week by week, month by month, become more and more like Jesus, more and more in the image of the one who was so loving, so innocent, so pure that he didn't spend time with sexual immorality or witchcraft or idolatry or selfish ambition or dissensions or factions. He was too busy serving the kingdom of God and giving his life for you and me. So the goal of this series and slowing down and distinguishing thing one and thing two is that when you look at your life, you used to party a different kind of way and you were cool with that. But now that you're in the family of God through Jesus Christ, we have a different kind of party. And so we don't produce the acts of the flesh. We produce the fruit of the spirit. And that illustrates for us not just the old us versus the new us, but the sanctification that I've been both set apart by God's holy and divine directive. And now that's going to say my direction is going to move towards a different kind of pizza party where I don't produce the acts of the flesh, but I produce the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. So we're going to keep on in that direction. Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so this means let's keep moving by the Spirit of God. Let's keep moving the way that thing two is called to move as a new creation producing the fruit of the Spirit, moving towards God's plans and purposes of holiness for our lives because God called us not to produce act of the flesh, but by His power, by His Spirit, by His truth, to be like Him because God is holy, holy, holy. been listening to another Bible study episode on the Preacher Man Milo podcast. And in a moment, Milo is going to close out with prayer and final thoughts. Now, if you liked this episode, it would be a good idea to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next one. Thanks for listening. Now here is Pastor Milo to close us out in prayer. God, we love you. You are holy, holy, holy. There is no one like you, and we just praise you and thank you for the sanctifying work of your Holy Spirit. We praise you, Father. You are good to us, and we just honor you, and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We pray as a family, and we pray in that mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. All right, you guys, for Heavenly Homework, I want you to do something a little different today. First of all, I want you to forgive me for butchering Dr. Seuss because I was just talking about that. So I can set up my thing one, thing two understanding so we could distinguish between the old us and the new us. But yeah, I did not do a good job deciphering those difficult doctor writings. But as far as homework, I want you to focus on Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I want you to see these things that Paul calls the acts of the flesh. And I want you to think about when you operate as thing one, how are you sliced up on the inside? Like if you imagine this pizza party concept where you're a large pizza and you're producing these different things, what are the things you produce just based on being a human with a fallen nature? It's natural to sin. What does that look like? Well, how are you partying? Is it sexual immorality and jealousy and fits of rage and drunkenness? Like You probably say, I don't do all these things, but I'm sure some of these things you can say, yep, I've been sliced up that way. And the goal is to say, listen, God, I don't want these slices to show up in me anymore. I don't want the sexual immorality. I don't want the impurity. I don't want the jealousy. I don't want the fits of rage. I don't want the drunkenness. I don't want the selfish ambition. Whatever it is, I make room for you to be able to slice me up differently so I start producing from my thing to my new nature, the fruit of the Spirit. So we're just kind of getting that understood. So spend some time thinking about your thing one slices and how we can let go of those slices because we're moving towards 
becoming nothing but what Christ calls us to be, which is holy and producing nothing but the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, next week we're going to deal with the pizza party police and try to figure out how this police thing even matters. But again, we'll deal with that with our very next session, okay? Until next time, I want you to go with God, and I want you to make it a happy day. In Jesus' name.